Thank you for listening to this podcast episode from Second Stage Ministries. To find out more on Second Stage Ministries, please go to secondstageministries.com or find us on Facebook. And now to this week's episode. Well, welcome to this new episode here. Once again, if you like these episodes, if they helped you in any way or they bless you in any way, share them with your family and friends so they might be blessed as well as we can kind of share breasts of God. So we are now in episode six of this series that we're calling The Dawn, and there's a lot to cover. So we're going to just get right into it. And we're finally in Genesis three. And in honor of that, we're going to look at three C's that help kind of split up this Genesis chapter three. Uh, The first five episodes of this series, The Dawn, we've been uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, sometimes kind of jumping into chapter 3 for a second, but this is like, we're going to look fully at chapter 3 in this episode. And the first one is choice. The first C, choice. And a couple episodes ago, when we talked about the creation of Adam and Eve and how God gave them a command, you know, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and how that trips some people up. Because why would God put something in there that was going to cause devastation in their life? And basically, this idea of choice is there. God wanted us and them to be able to choose. He didn't want us to be in a relationship with him because we have to be. He wanted us to be in a relationship because we choose to be. And so now we have this choice that's getting made. Adam and Eve made a choice, as we all kind of know maybe, but if you don't, I picture it kind of going something like this. They had been in the garden for so long, they had explored it from corner to corner, all there was to see had been seen, but they had kept their distance, as we'll look at a little bit later, from this tree in the middle of the garden, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, but I think now the devil had kind of been planning, oh, you've been over there before. It's just kind of blah. Look at over there. It's just really blah. And slowly kind of getting them to feel like this paradise that God has created has become blah and boring and dull. Kind of like if you've been in the same town for quite a while, things become kind of dull and boring. And then a new thing shows up and all of a sudden you're like, wow, look at that. It's a new thing. And so you get excited And everybody descends on this new thing because it's new. It's different. So, the the chapter 3, sorry. (laughs) Genesis chapter 3 opens up with these words about the serpent. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He called him crafty. Because the fact that he was there in that tree, near that tree, the fact that... Eve was there close enough to talk to him was exactly what he wanted. We see in the rest of Genesis uh, Genesis 3.1, it says, He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree, from any tree in the garden? Of course, Eve said, No, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And that's what I said, I mentioned this earlier, 
the original command didn't say touch it. I think that's that's something that we could talk about for several minutes, but we're not getting into it at this time. But they were putting up like a guardrail, a bumper, like a failsafe. They were putting an extra barrier there. They were like, look, God said to not even touch it. So that's not what God said, but that's what they told themselves that God said, right? God said we can't eat from it. So instead of getting, let's just not get near it. Let's not get close enough to touch it. Let's not get close enough where it can drop a leaf on us. Let's just stay away from it. But the fact that now Eve is there close enough where she's being talked to from this tree. Verse 4, the serpent, of course, being crafty, as we said, that crafty little... You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And I see something in this that I think a lot of people might miss over but the thing that he was tempting Eve with was the very same thing he got thrown out of heaven over pride and trying to be like God jealousy envy all of that swelled up in Satan and he was thrown from heaven to earth And what's interesting about that is, is there's a lot of people probably listening to my voice that may not actually know that. And that's because that particular event is recorded in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, not at the beginning of the Bible where it happened. See, that event in heaven where God was trying, where, I mean, sorry, where Lucifer was trying to be like God and trying to overthrow God in heaven takes place before the words in the beginning in Genesis 1-1. And it's interesting because we take our fifth graders at the church I volunteer at, we take them through this story of the Bible. We condense it down into about 12 weeks. The, The curriculum that we use is about 22 weeks, give or take a little bit. But we kind of condense it down to May, June, and July. And there are leaders that go through this story with these students that their first time doing it, they don't even know that about this story. They don't even know that the very first component of this event that started all of this was pride, envy, jealousy, whatever. Satan was jealous of God. and He wanted to be like God. You think it's very convenient and crafty of him to use the words, you will be just like God, knowing good and evil. It's almost like this bitterness and this envy and this greed and this madness that swelled up inside of him. I wanted to be like God and God kept something from me, so I'm going to work on destroying everything that God wants to create. And he does a pretty good job of it and he continues to do it today but they had a choice to make she could have ignored him no 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 my god said this and like i said we could talk about that maybe we will in coming episodes 
But then it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, I, once again, am awful baffled by this whole thing. He was standing there as she, maybe not standing right there, but he was close enough because she probably turned around, hey, come over here. But he knew probably that this was going on and he took it and he ate it, which I just kind of thought of this. Maybe that suggests that he was close enough to hear the conversation and he thought something that God was holding something back that God was hiding something from them and that he wanted to be what's God hiding why can't we know some things what's God keeping from us and this dawn of pride came up inside of them them wanting to know everything And Satan knew, because he had just went through it in heaven, Satan knew that that would get Adam and Eve, because it didn't work for him. He knew it wasn't going to work for Adam and Eve, and he knew that was a way to to derail this whole paradise. Verse 7, Genesis 3. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. But then they heard a familiar sound coming through the garden. As I mentioned in last week's episode, they walked with God every day. Maybe it was a scheduled time. Maybe it wasn't. But it says here in Genesis 3.8, it says, The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But then it's interesting. But the Lord called out to the man, Where are you? Where are you? Did God think that they were playing hide and seek? No. He knew where they were. It's a deeper where are you. This where are you wasn't Ali Ali Oxen free. Where are you? I'm here for my walk. This was where are you? What's happened to you? Something is different about you. Where are you? He answered, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? You see, God asked them, Who told you that? They were feeling shame, and they were guilty, and they were saying things 
that he didn't say. They were saying things that they didn't know to be a problem. They were naked. They didn't know that was wrong. That wasn't wrong then. All of a sudden, they were feeling guilty. He does the same to us to mess us up. He makes us feel guilty and shameful of the things that he tempted us to do, mind you. There are things that we hear or things that happen or things that we bring up that maybe the devil told us to do. And then some people will say that, oh, you shouldn't always say that. There are some things, they just get planted and it's a quiet plant. And then all of a sudden, the devil, right, who said, hey, go ahead, eat from the tree, it's okay. Now was making them feel, oh, you shouldn't have ate from that tree. Look what you did. You done messed up your life. Oh, go ahead. It's really simple. It's really easy. Just go click on that image. It's fine. No big deal. Right? Your wife will never find out. Four months later, you're confessing a porn addiction because of something and you're guilty And your shame. And the person that said, hey, it's okay, go ahead. That devil, that crafty voice is now pointing at you saying, look at that. Look what you did. You are so wrong for doing that. Look what you did. You hurt her. Good job. Way to go. God's second question started a lot of finger pointing. Right? Who told you that? And then it was the other one. Have you, have you, um, the second question was, have you ate from that tree? Then the woman said to the man, and the man said to the woman, and the fingers started getting pointed, right? It was like, kind of like, she told me to do it. Well, God, that woman that you gave me, she told me to eat from it. She gave it to me. And then the woman was like, well, that snake over there, he told me. <laughs> and it just, just blame. Shifting, And that happens nowadays, too. You don't got to have very long with kids that can walk and talk to realize that there is this um, spirit in your house that does things behind your back. And then when you question about it, all of a sudden nobody's done it, right? You've been there, right? So God is standing there asking questions of these three people, of these three beings in the garden, and nobody did anything. So he lays out consequences for them, the three involved, and he goes through the list. Genesis 3, 14 and 15 say that pretty much the serpent then was going to have to crawl on his belly. And the scary thing about that is, does that mean snakes used to walk? I don't know, but it was a consequence for a reason. Then in Genesis 3, 16, it says that the woman would have pain in childbirth and that she would have to be submissive to her husband. Then Adam, it says in 317 through 19 that he pretty much is going to have to work hard to get his food. That the ground is going to produce thorns and thistles and food is going to be harder to come by. And these punishments toward Adam and Eve lead me to think that the garden life was simple. Earlier in the episodes, 
a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that. I said that I think that this work in caring for the garden was more to respect it and upkeep, right? I think fruit produced itself and it just was there and ready to go, but not anymore. You see, God said that the the ground now was going to be where his food came from and it was going to be hard by the sweat of his brow he was going to have to do this. And so if that was punishment, that tells me that before you could just walk up and grab things and God would just say, hey, Apple, come back and just snap his fingers and things would come back and grow for them and they wouldn't have to work. But now he was going to have to work and plant and do the things and weed and all of that to get his food. There was consequences for his actions and there's consequences for our actions too. And I fear sometimes when it is led to believe that there aren't any consequences for the choices that we make today, that we can just do whatever we want. But not only was that consequence as they listed them, but their biggest consequence was they had to leave the garden of Eden. It says in um, Genesis three twenty four. after that, after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden uh, placed on the east side of the garden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. But the chapter is kind of over there. But there's one other component, one other thing, just real quick. And that's the third C. It's compassion. At the end of all of this, though, God still had compassion for them. After he listed their punishments, after he did what he had to do to kind of say, hey, that's, this is what happens, he made them close. He looked at kind of the mess that they had made, even the mess they had thrown together to cover themselves. Then he said, the Lord made, I'm sorry, Genesis 3.21 says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. God still looked at Adam and Eve and saw their need and took care of them. God didn't run off and leave them. God had great compassion for them. I suppose he could have killed them if he wanted to. But he provided for them with something they needed. He does the same for us. But also, too, that those clothes, I really think that that was also a punishment. Because now, in order to clothe himself... Some of those animals, because it said skin, so some of the animals that he had become friends with and that he knew and that he named was now going to have to be sacrificed to clothe him as a part of his consequence. He does the same for us, though. He did the same for us. God showed great compassion on us and he took all of our mess and he put it on Jesus and he put it on a cross. That's what God did for us to show compassion. Just like he showed compassion for Adam and Eve, but he did kick them out of the garden and he did change the way they had to live. Because now, instead of having an abundance of food, they had nothing and they had to start all over. And so, with that being said though, God doesn't leave us. God doesn't run off. In the middle of our mess, 
God met them there. God came up to them. He handed out the consequence, but he also clothed them. And he took care of them and he provided for them what they need. And he came alongside them, almost showing like, hey guys, I still love you, but this has got to happen. Take these clothes, but you got to leave. He showed them great compassion. God's love for them at that moment, in their moment of sin, in their moment of of consequence and, and trial, God still looked at them and said, Guys, I love you to death. He does the same for us. His love is so great and vast, I can't even imagine it. And I bet you just even in that moment too, it's like, God, we ate from the the tree that you said, and you're giving us clothes, and you care, and you love us. I can imagine they still felt this overwhelming support of love and kindness from God. Because as I said, he could have just wiped them out. But he didn't. He kept them alive. Well, yeah, but they were in punishment. Well, he kept them alive. And he was still there with them. But it was different. But I just can't still... Just the compassion and love of God is so great. It's so deep. It's so wide. It's so long. It's so high. We can't even imagine it. No matter what we do, no matter how we act, no matter how messy things get, we are still His people. We are still His children. And He will love us till the very end. Thank you again for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it blessed your day. Once again, to find out more information, please visit secondstageministries.com or find us on Facebook. Also, share this with your family and friends. Thanks again.